Oh, that's kind of neat. Right, let's turn your mic up. I feel like we need to be singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely using that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll publish my Todd Mraz originals. Yeah, okay. Send it your way. <laughs> Welcome to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast, where we discuss the next Foothills Wellness Retreat, interview presenters, and share with you wellness opportunities here in the Foothills community. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and our co-host is Lisa Moraz, founder and director of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. Well, welcome everyone to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and my guest tonight is Todd Moraz. How are you, sir? Very well. Thank you, Jared. Good. And some of you may recognize that last name because he is the other half of the uh, founder and director, I suppose we'd say, of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. And for those of you that listened to that podcast, the first one I did with Lisa um, back on my podcast, The Five Elements Letting Go, you may remember, um, you know, is the actual experience of her with, you know, you and her going to retreats that kind of set this whole thing up. So what, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, absolutely. We, uh, you know, in essence, the, the short story is our experiences with wellness showed us that there was a need for that in the community, especially in the foothills area where there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of healers. There's a lot of holistic folks. Uh, a lot of people are sniffing around and interested in yoga, yoga nidra, uh, qigong, acupuncture, all of it. And, uh, so we, you know, by going through and meeting people like yourself and other, other, uh, other holistic healers and or energy healers in the, in the area, it, we definitely saw that there was a, maybe a community. Of, of a bunch of healers. And then on top of it, the need for that community to come together and actually support each other through, through means that were available to people uh, that are open to any kind of race, religion, culture. There's no, there's no breakdown in yeah. that, right? There's no, well, you know, I, I grew up in a Ukrainian Catholic church and they were very snobby about who was Ukrainian Catholic and who was not <laughs> Ukrainian Catholic. So um, it was very attractive that way and, and a big opportunity um, to help spread and share what we experienced from our own wellness. Mm. Um, and it all started about five years ago, uh, four or five years ago. Um, it really started with some, uh, just simply some intentional breathing. And... I was looking for ways to relax my nervous system and I was very anxious. Um, I went through some pretty serious traumas growing up, uh, all the way from a very little, little, little child all the way through, uh, my teenage years. And we all have traumas, um, you know, and, and some people, I think they don't realize how impactful a trauma can be a small little thing that you think you should be tougher than or better than actually affects you emotionally or in many different ways. So I had this really large trauma that, that I was able for many, many years to self-medicate. Um, you know, I, I would drink, I would uh, I'd do drugs, I would see counselors, I'd see shrinks, I'd see it all. I went through group therapy, I took anti-anxiety meds, I took anti-depression meds, I, you name it, I took it all. And 
it never really addressed the issue. I still had nightmares. I still had anxiety. I was still just kind of a wrapped up tight little ball of, of unhappiness, I'll say. And I just wasn't releasing myself. And so I started learning a little bit about breathing. And that was a bit of a, an interesting place because I was, it came a little natural to me. I, I was able to kind of turn my brain off and I was able to just go into my breath and just focus on my breath and listen to the music. And I was able to turn everything off. And that was a bit of a release. And after a few months of doing that, um, just the timing of everything, Lisa just said, hey, would you like to come to a wellness retreat with me? Of course, I, you know, years before I would chastise Lisa and my daughter for going to tarot card readings. And I'd be <laughs> like, you're all nuts. You're all whatever. Right. And I just I, I was just very close minded about the whole approach, because, again, my conditioning and my own scientific, logical beliefs and everything else. And we went to this, I, I you know, I, I just kind of waited. I said, okay, well, my wife, Banff, wellness, a weekend, how, what could go wrong? Yeah. You know, how, how that's kind of sounds nice. It's like a vacation. Let's go. I mean, if I don't like it, I don't like it. I'll just hang out at the hotel and go swimming. I yeah, I'll, there you I'll, go. I'll figure it out, right? <laughs> so our first night... First wellness retreat ever. Had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And we walked in the door and we both signed up for the same event Friday night. It was a shamanic, um, candle lit meditation, uh, chakra, chakra balancing type of uh, uh, event. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but that was kind of the, the gist of it. And so, you know, they, they had some, uh, they had some, uh, sound bowls going and you know the candlelight and everything it was very uh it was quite mood setting it really put you in that place and and lisa told me two things she said remember your breathing and take whatever works for you and leave the rest at the door mm-hmm. don't overthink it and just take whatever sits with you yeah. so i just let the guide do what she did she told me to sit cross-legged with my palms open on my thighs i did that Close your eyes, breathe, count to four, hold it in, let it go. Whatever she said, I just did. I didn't think about it. I didn't worry about it. I just did it. I came out of that session a life-changing experience. And um, one would call it a spiritual awakening or some sort of enlightenment of some sort. I, I remember Lisa was sitting kind of kitty corner to me, but in front of me, because we were a bit late coming to the session. And she turned around and she said, oh, that was wonderful. And I can't wait to talk about it. And my eyes were like dinner plates, Jared. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're fucking talking about this. Oh, yeah. And it didn't stop for about three hours. We went back to the room and I was just like, oh, 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 oh. like I just could not like the energy that I felt. Um I felt so plugged into the universe. I felt so finally somewhere that I I felt a part of it. I just always felt like I was on my own trying to deal with all this emotional baggage and trauma and all this shit in my life. But then I realized that, you know what, there, there's an opening here. And that led me to a whole bunch of things. Um, first of all, uh, it led me into meditation right out of the gates. And of course, you know, you're doing the YouTube thing or you're doing the, you know, all these little apps and everything. You're trying out all these different styles and types and everything. And 
Um, you know, ultimately I've, I've, you know, since I've, I've developed my meditation practice a lot for myself, but ultimately what it started doing in the beginning was it started really showing me things about myself. I did a, I did a meditation that was to actually, um, dive into your heart space and, and, you know, it is very visual, very creative visual type of meditation styles. And, and so here I am, you know, this two inch version of me walking around in my heart. And as, as the guide was kind of taking me to that point, what was really wild about it is that I had this expectation of what I thought I was going to see, you know, I don't know, something out of a Valentine's book or something, right? Like just hearts and red and wonderful and love and happy and, (laughs) you know, bells and whistles and all of it. And when I actually got there, it was a very dark, depressing place. Uh, My heart showed up like an old piece of gray, crappy shit kick leather with scars on it like you'd see on Frankenstein's face, uh, ropes and chains all wrapped around it. And, and, you know, I I didn't, I didn't necessarily solve anything in this meditation, Uh But what it did is it made me realize that my heart was was closed. Yeah, self-aware of like, wow, this is this is the effect of what my life has done to my heart and where it is. Exactly That's that. Wild. So I, in the first couple months after that first uh, wellness retreat, I did a lot of meditation, a lot of guided meditation, a lot of aware awareness, as you put it, self-awareness. Yeah. And um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about where I had gaps and blocks. And, um, you know, I I wouldn't say it was, you know, some healing adventure, but it was an awareness adventure. And from there, I started realizing where where I needed to do some work. And some of that work I was able to perform myself through meditative practice. Um, Some of it I had to seek some external help. I had to go through some trauma therapy where... uh, you know, we combined a bunch of holistic uh, methods along with psychological methods. And um, what was incredible about that whole experience is that's that awareness and that build up to that trauma therapist who I would have never probably seen 10 years ago, even though I was desperate, I would have thought, now nah, that's a little too woo woo for me. Yeah. Um, what was incredible about it is that that trauma that drove me for 40 years was driving my bus. Mm-hmm. That was in charge all the time. No matter how much my ego would tell me otherwise, or I'd tell myself, or whatever you want to say, that trauma drove the bus. Yeah. And until I actually dealt with that trauma with this therapist, now that trauma's on my bus, somewhere at the back, yeah, riding right. along, part of my story, part of who I am, yeah. and no longer in charge of me. Hmm. Now, of course, I got a hundred other bullshit things to deal with don't we all but um that one there really caused me a lot of grief it affected uh it affected who i became how i was shaped of who i became it affected my voice my confidence all of these things and now that that has kind of taken the back seat and i'm aware that all these other parts need some work as i work on them i'm starting to become a much fuller person overall for myself i feel more authentic to me I feel more, you know, just, I feel more like engaged with, with the universe, with people. I used to hate people. 
if anybody asks me, do you like people? No, I hate people. If I could live on the side of a mountain with a dog, a guitar, and a fishing pole, yeah, I, that's it. I'd give up sex. I'd give it all up. Like I just fucking live on that mountain. Yeah. But now I'm starting to appreciate people. Yeah, and all their quirky weirdness because you know what I get all this wonderful energy and I feel all this wonderful things from people not everybody not all the time I mean I'm not I'm not you know I'm not on acid over here <laughs> but uh, but it really really was an, an enlightening adventure and, and as I you know continue to practice my meditative practice which uh, you know um, just adding in I'm also uh, now taking an instruction course as well super cool yeah, I'm, I'm really, really into it, to say the least. Good. Um, and I want to share the gift. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at it as, uh, you know, at first I was like, I just want to understand it more. Yeah. And now as I get more into it, it's like, no, I actually want to share this with people yeah. because it, it really changed my life in a lot of ways. So I'm finding myself a lot more focused, a lot more relaxed, a lot more in tune with my feelings, which was another probably another growing up thing that that I dealt with was all about um don't feel like that don't be sad and don't don't you know basically don't have emotions mm-hmm. so growing up like that and being programmed like that like many many people I talked to were like that and it gets to the point as an adult where you don't know how to process some basic feelings mm-hmm. You just you just don't know how to deal with them because no one sat you down and helped you and nurtured you and, and kind of showed you and told you it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be really happy or anxious or whatever emotion. Why do you think that's per- majority of men are in that situation? Well, I think it's a Passover for many, 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 many generations and years of your father, your father's father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a stigma around it. Women don't want us, um, you know, when you talk to women, like you go out with a group of people and, and you know, it's a big joke if, if a guy says, oh, yeah, I cried at that movie. Oh, yeah, you're a big pussy or you're, you know, and, and there's a stigma around actually showing your emotions. It's breaking down and I'm seeing more breakdown, especially that I'm sort of altering the people that I know, too. Yeah, I'm getting in more with people that are more aware around it's OK to not be OK sometimes. Yeah. And it's okay to accept that and, and, and you know, really show it and live it. Um, but I think that there's a huge stigma around that. I think guys in general, I think, you know, we, we still, you know, and this is written in a million textbooks, but, you know, I think we still live in that same ego space that we did 10,000 years ago where we're, you know, trying to save our ourselves from saber-toothed tigers <laughs> and all the other crap, right? Yeah. Like a bear is attacking. Well, there's no bear attacking me. Yeah. My boss might be a dick or, or, or you know, or, or, you know, some other threat in my life. Yeah. And, and I think we as, as a species, as, as a human beings, I don't think that we've quite reprogrammed that part of us. Mm-hmm. So becoming aware of when your ego is driving the, the bus, your, your fear, your flight, flight or fear uh, response versus actually living in the relaxed response or the relaxation response areas it's just huge yeah. like for me it's been huge like I've, i'm i'm not perfect i fall into my ffr all the time mm-hmm. i i know this but now i'm aware and i and i'm and i've done enough meditation and i've done enough muscle relaxation uh practice that i can almost it's almost like a sixth sense now 
Like I can almost feel the tension before it even hits mm-hmm. me, before that stressful moment. Now, not all, every time. There's surprises yeah. in life. Yeah. But, well, I can, like I've seen a huge change in you since the first time I met you. You know, just energetically, just that energy around you, you know, much more open, a lot more relaxed, you know, uh, more confident in like, I've got this now, you know. And, and I know when, when you first came into clinic, you know, I'm not, there was that, that's a very familiar kind of reluctance with men when it comes to, you know, acupuncture, energy work in general, anything like that. I knew you wanted, you wanted to get better. You wanted to put the effort in. And it's so cool that you found that path that's giving you that relief. You know, I, I think with most men, because we're not, you know, one, we're not taught how to deal with emotion as kids because that's a girl thing, right? And then, of course, we have this idea that, like, the greatest insult a boy can give another boy is to call him a girl. <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever is to be a woman. Right. It's, it's so messed up. But yeah. this, and I think because we, we learn quickly to repress that emotion and not be able to express that and not being vulnerable and not being open and to communicate that under the kind of over-the-top emotion that sits on all of this to kind of hold it down is like frustration and anger because your body is frustrated. It's like, this is natural. This isn't how you should feel. This isn't how you should live. But, you know, there's that, like you said, you know, I just, I would have just lived alone (laughs) with my dog, my fishing rod out in the mountains, just away from people. And I think there's a lot of guys in that position where they have that frustration with the world. And, you know, it's nice to see you transform, you know, kind of let go of some of that and then transform it into, okay, you know, I'm without that frustration and that, that burden kind of holding me down and that heaviness in my heart, I've, you know, that, that openness and I want to learn, I want to teach, I want to help. Like, that's a pretty big transformation, especially for a guy in his midlife, you know? So I'm, I'm proud of you. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it's you know, I do like, and like I said, I th- like you said, I think it's it's happening more. It's it's opening up. I think there's a little more men are being given permission to be a little more emotional and open and vulnerable. Well, and that's interesting that you say that because I think that you know, in general, I've you know, for a handful of years now, I feel like we have been given that permission. Mm-hmm. I think where we fail ourselves is we don't give ourselves that permission. Yeah. And it's very difficult for me to sit in the, in the mirror to myself or however you want to look at it and say, okay, Todd, it's okay to feel this. It's okay to cry. It's a, you know, my, my wife and I watched Ted Lasso. I don't know if you ever watched yeah. that series, but I mean, I cannot watch that show without bawling. Like, <laughs> like, and she's yeah. like, are you crying? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm, and I feel embarrassed and she yeah. doesn't give a shit. Like yeah. she's like encouraged, like feel your feels. Yeah. Like, you know, that's beautiful that you can sit there and cry over this mm-hmm. guy that's, you know, teaching us something about mental health, teaching us something about psychological safety while we're yeah. watching this show. And we yeah. don't realize that uh, many of us probably don't realize that that's what he's doing. And, you know, if you are plugged into it, I think you start feeling those feels and you start, it starts opening up some awareness for myself where it's like, okay, why am I crying at this? Like, it's not that I'm embarrassed, but what is triggering me? Mm -hmm. So now that I have that awareness and I'm starting to want to feel my feels and work through them, I'm starting to ask the question too. It's not as just as simple as this happened. So this resulted and I cried and I got over it and life went on. No, it's, it's. 
this happened. I'm not sure that I understand why I cried. Like, why does Ted Lasso make me emotional? Like, I don't always know. Sometimes it's obvious, you know, like, he, you know, he's getting a divorce. It's yeah. sad. His kid misses him. It's sad. That's easy. Um, but sometimes it's something else. And, and, and it just kind of, and I'm just, why does this make me sad? And then I start, you know, I start wanting to tap into myself and say, what is it about this experience that's triggering me? Yeah. And, and is it sadness? Or is it joy? Or is it frustration? Or I, is it I, something else? I, th I think exactly right. You know, you're, we're learning, we're relearning emotions, most men, because we had, um, you know, uh, joy or pleasure, <laughs> more time pleasure than joy, and just anger. That's <laughs> you right. Know? And so to now, you know, spread that out, it's that learning those emotions. And I do think our hearts recognize and our, our souls recognize, you know, uh, when someone is truly good or or communicating properly or just that kindness and that show is full of a lot of moments like that where you're just like whoa that hits because that's so real and that's that's the right way to do it and, and to treat people and to connect with them and that's whether you want to say it's you know spirit or the universe or god or whatever it is that that tug in the heart is letting you know you know yes that's good this is the path. This, these are the things that make us feel better. These are the releases that help us. And so it's really cool, you know, to, to see that growth and understanding, okay, yeah, these are things. I love how you said that, you know, I kind of go back and I sit down and, okay, what does this mean? What is this trying to teach me? You know, that's, again, very self-aware and being able to use those tools. But what do you think is the, you know, how can we as other men, you know, as men help men take that kind of first step. What's that? Any ideas on what that might be or well, what I, they need to be? I, I, I don't know that there is a, you know, a, a definitive first step in my mind. Um, you know, one, one I, I just, I went through a big, uh, a big sort of change at work. They, they volunteered me into a new role, which I wasn't exactly <laughs> thrilled about. It wasn't what I would have picked for myself, but mm -hmm. this is what happened. And and it was kind of funny because as as I was going through a few conversations with some of the leaders, that, you know, my bosses, and, uh, you know, just kind of feeling this thing out, one of them actually said to me, said, you know, Todd, it's, it's, uh, it's been noted by the senior leadership that you're very emotionally intelligent. And I'm like... Okay, never in a million years thought myself emotionally intelligent. Like I'm not, I barely know if I'm happy or sad half yeah, the yeah. time, right? So I'm like, okay, you're better with others right now. Well, right. I, I, I'm, 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 I, we can play in the sandbox together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Without, uh, without kicking sand at each other. But the um, it, it was just kind of a bizarre statement to me because I, I a I wasn't ready for it. B um, it, it it started. You know, again, I started questioning within myself, what, what does that mean to me? I know what it means in the textbook. I know yeah. what it means on LinkedIn. I know what it means, you know, in, in a psychological safety or mental health course. What does it mean to me? And I know you can sit there and you can break down the definition. You can come, you make logical sense out of the whole thing. 
However, to me, I don't think there is such a thing as necessarily emotional intelligence, even though the textbook tells you it is. Um, and I could argue that it is, but I just believe that it's all about having some emotional awareness. And again, I don't think there's any emotional masters in the world that can deal with every situation, every emotion they're going to experience. Like that's, to me, that's what emotional intelligence sounds like. Emotional awareness, though, tells me that there's a level of curiosity, that there's a level of, of like, why is this happening to me? Why, you know, and, and not necessarily why is this happening to me, but why am I reacting to it in such a way? Why do I feel sad about Ted Lasso? Why do I feel happy about a puppy dog? Why, mm -hmm. you know, what what is it about these things that trigger these emotions? And anyways, I kind of got a little off track, but where, where I was going with this is I don't think there is one definitive way. I, th I think there's several ways that we can bring these gifts to other men. And I believe that part of it is just being a leader in the space, showing people that it's okay. You know, it is a guy I... You know, if I cry in the office, people give me a funny look. But you got to wonder, what are they thinking? Or, yeah, they're judging me. Mm -hmm. I get that. But are they actually thinking, like, what, what made him upset? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm actually crying because I saw a beautiful video of a puppy dog. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's tears of joy. Like, how do you know, right? So I think, you know, and I always tell our VPs in our organization, I tell them the same thing. You all talk about having a mentally healthy workplace and psychologically safe and you want people to stand up and own it and be it and everything else. Show us. So when a VP takes a stand at an important safety moment and this individual cries, authentically cries because they're upset because somebody got hurt or dead through, mm -hmm. through a safety infraction or incident, that empowers people so much because, I mean, no matter where you sit in your world, if, if you're in a corporation, you're always looking up, right? Mm -hmm. So your leaders are your inspiration. They're, they're your rock star, right? Um, so you idolize them to a certain degree when it comes to business, right? And you want to be the VP, right? If you're, if you're a corporate and all driven and all this career-minded people, like almost everybody around me wants to be a VP, I can't say the same for myself, but regardless, <laughs> uh, I, I, same thing I say about rock stars. I'd love to have their money, not necessarily their lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'd love to have the VP's money, but yeah. not work 20 yeah. hours a day. Yeah. Right? So, um, but all teasing aside, you know, you, you look at somebody like that and they're authentically showing their emotions to you. Mm -hmm. And I think we as guys, you know, um, you're, you're a big leader in, in the space of mental health and, and uh, holistic health. I mean, your, your practice alone says that. I attended your Qigong. I know you're very in touch with the universe. You know, by you standing up there and doing that, you're empowering guys. We need to let show people that. So my first wellness retreat I went to, I think there was two guys. Yeah. The last time I went um, would have been last fall. And there was 15 or 16 guys. Okay. So in a period of four to five years, mm -hmm. like that number, like almost 10 times the, yeah. the number. You know, and, and when you when you start thinking about that, that, that really tells you a lot that people are getting, at least they're getting involved. Mm -hmm. Whether they're fully in touch, but it's a journey. Yeah. Right? Like my journey started with that one night. Mm -hmm. Actually, it started with some breathing. Yeah. Actually, it started with trauma when I was a very little kid. It started everything. But, uh, but all things being equal, I, I think that bringing the message, showing your vulnerability, showing your openness, 
And then, and then, like you said, you've seen a difference in me in a handful of years that you've known me, the little bit that you have known me. I came in here very quiet and skeptical, and now I'm very open and curious. And, and you know, and I, like I say, if the mood strikes, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very in touch and vulnerable. Um, and I think by us showing that and demonstrating the fact that these are powerful tools, like it's not... Oh, well, we're going to teach you how to cry today, Jared. That's yeah. not what this yeah. is. This is, we're going to teach you to release that bullshit baggage that you hold on to yourself in the proper emotional manner that needs to be released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some of us, it's, you got to go hit that punching bag at the gym for half an hour and get rid of the, all that anger first before you can even get to your emotional side where, where you feel sadness or, or some other emotion underneath that anger. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the stepstone of of you know dealing with death or dealing with divorce or any of these big traumatic um, events in your life. There's there's a certain amount of there's denial and acceptance and anger and all these things that you go through. Well, with your emotions, it's kind of the same thing for guys. Mm-hmm. We deny our emotions. Yeah. You know, we 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 fear our emotions. Most of us are told don't have emotions. Mm-hmm. Like. No, that's okay. Have yeah. emotions. Yeah. And you and you hear the naysayers and the haters. Well, we're just going to raise a, a a whole a whole world of a bunch of wimps and and a bunch of you know entitled wimps and. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think teaching people emotions is a good thing. I think having people understand emotions will make a better planet overall yeah. because we'll all be way more plugged into what. We, you know, we, we seem to, as a species, walk around here and think we own all of this. Yeah. We're as much a part as this, of this as the, the evergreen tree I'm looking at right yeah. there. We're just as plugged into the soil, into the air, into the water, into all of it. Yeah. And again, that's the kind of, that's the, like the root of all imbalance that we experience as humans. Because we feel we're disconnected from the natural world. And we feel we are uh, consciously isolated from everyone else, you know, when, you know, we are a part of this universe and every living thing on the planet. And consciously, I believe we're all connected too. and to think that somehow we're separate and that, you know, um, sharing that is somehow going to make you further separate from the world when it does the exact opposite, you know, it, I, you know, really the, I think the hardest emotional skill most men have is vulnerability because we're taught to be a man's man. You can never, you always have to be prepared. You always have to be strong. You always have to be ready to fight. You got to be, show no vulnerability, no weakness, but yet that's what, you know, connects us to our emotion is that ability to be vulnerable and especially with in our relationships you know what's the greatest turn on for a woman being emotionally vulnerable <laughs> if they can actually connect with you and feel that emotion and feel real and like a, you know understand you women need that and you know and honestly it's a pretty big turn on for most women because it's such a rare thing but if we can recognize that for what it's worth for our mental health, for our connection with others, our family, our partners, you know, uh, then it's worth the risk of sharing too much or being honest or being emotional or whatever. But I think those 
you know, those experiences like you, you had and you talk about, it's just that invitation of, you know, come give this a shot, you know, and for you to, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to open up to receive, you know, that's very, you know, uh, very sage, very Dallas to be <laughs> just like, okay, I'm going to, let's see what happens. Let's make some space for this. That's pretty cool. And I think, uh, I think there needs to be more opportunities and spaces for men, you know, to do that. I agree. Yeah. So when you're done your meditation stuff and you feel ready, we should start a men's group. Absolutely. We should, <laughs> we should very much so do that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because I had coffee with, uh, with the woman today that uh, used to work for me. Um, and she went off to a different department, but, uh, um, when she left, she was having her first child. Now she's got two kids. Um, happily married everything's going well but we started having this conversation about this spiritual journey and um like she's from uh she's from east india or pakistan i i don't want to screw it up but she's she's not from canada she's not mm -hmm. you know canada born person um grew up with christianity or catholicism or any of that she grew up in a different place mm -hmm. with different religious beliefs and but from a spirituality aspect, she has very aligned visions as, as most people that, that are very spiritual, that are very in touch with, you know, universal energy or God or whatever you want to call it, um, without, you know, without having to read Bible passages or the Quran or, and not knocking any of that stuff. It has its place for sure. There's great messages in there and great, great visions and things. Um, but what was, what was really cool is we, she got on the subject of how, how, I had changed and she started talking like I was just telling her some stories about just my journey and um, nothing specific really and she started talking about how she'd love to see her husband get some of this and I said she says how do I change him and I said well <laughs> right how many I, I, women have said that <laughs> well isn't that why you got married right? yeah. uh, but <laughs> But, you know, I, you know, the obvious answer, you don't change him. He changes himself. Yeah. Um, but it was just funny because, you know, she said, like, he, he just, he just, you know, he's so protective in, about things, um, especially when it comes to himself. So their oldest child was not invited to a birthday party of some friends. So now it's child it's the child's birthday and he doesn't want to invite these friends you know and it's it's like in the four agreements don't take anything personally mm -hmm. you know and and i said to her i said well i'm sure they had a good reason she said well they had a great reason why they couldn't come like they had a bona fide real personal reason why they couldn't make the but he doesn't want to see that he only wants to see what he wants to see and he wants to take it personally and he wants to be the victim and he likes being in that space, I guess. He, he enjoys it, I guess. And I think I did for many, many years have that same mentality. Like, I mean, the girls would come home after a card reading and I would just chastise the crap out of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, really? You didn't think that maybe she looked at your Facebook profile and found <laughs> out that, you know, you got married two years ago and you're probably planning kids? Like, it just makes sense to me. Like, that's what I would assume. Again, don't make assumptions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it was just uh, it was just a really really unique conversation because I'm seeing this this woman who's quite 
you know, plugged into to emotional awareness or intelligence and, you know, all these things that we've been kind of talking about. And, you know, and, and she's looking at her partner going, I wish he would, you know, just jump into the fray. Yeah. And, um, you know, and maybe, again, what's his social conditioning? What was his childhood like? What was he told? Well, I'll tell you right now, he's told be a tough guy, be a man, you know, because we all lived all that, right? Mm-hmm. That's very normal, especially from the generations that we were raised from. Um, but like I say, for me, I think I think showing people what this wellness has done for me, um, a lot of people have seen me change a lot, you know, and for two years, people didn't see me because yeah. it was COVID. Yeah. You know, I was working at home mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, you mm-hmm. talk to people, but it's not the same as feeling that energy and sitting yeah. and seeing somebody get passionate about something. And so I remember when I first started, it was before the COVID thing. And then when I came back from the COVID thing, um, people are like, what? Like, see, you cut your hair, but there's something there. Like, you're like glowing or something, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm like, well, some days brighter than others. Yeah. <laughs> but all, all the same, I'm, I'm feeling really, uh, really connected, you know? And, um, and that connection is, is, I just feel this inner peace and yeah, for, for any guys that aren't there that maybe hear this, um, it wasn't so long ago that I would have been, you know, given a funny look to such a statement, mm-hmm. but that inner peace is, is it's almost like how you feel when say you're, you go do your favorite pursuit and you're happy and you're good at it and you're, you know, you're driving the golf ball 300 yards or you're fishing and catching the biggest trout or whatever it is that turns your crank, whatever that passion is. And that's how I feel. But instead it's about my soul and it's about my feeling and my, Mm -hmm. my, my person. Yeah. And so every day that I'm feeling like this, I feel like I'm catching the biggest fish you could imagine or, or, you know, hitting the longest ball or whatever. Right. So that personal satisfaction that I get makes me want more. Mm -hmm. It's like I had a sip and now I want to chug the cup and now I want the whole bottle. And now I want, you know, I want the factory of, of good feels to come my way. Right. So it's, um, you know, I think I think spreading awareness, um, showing people the benefits, getting out and telling people the benefits. Um, again, like I say, when I started this journey, um, one of the best pieces of advice I got from Lisa was take what resonates with you and leave the rest alone. Yeah. You're just not there. You're not ready. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter why. But if you don't feel good in it, don't do it. Yeah. I like that. It's. You know, I think, like, if we go back, and this is something that in the last, say, like, maybe 20, 40 years, uh, you know, religion has always been a huge part of humankind. And for, you know, millions of years, it was very tribal, community, very active. Everyone was a part of spirituality. It was something done as a group. Maybe a shaman would lead the group or they would get their advice from shaman, but the community practiced it. And then, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of years ago, you know, within the last 2000 years, now it's all of a sudden it's like top down religion, you know, and the ones at the top are the ones that communicate to God and to the universe. You're just there to 
do what you're told. And it became a mechanism for control. And we've all recognized, a lot of people recognize this, and they either just don't go as often or they just take what they want from religion. And I think those that have just pushed it aside and are ignoring spirituality are ignoring a huge part of their evolution, huge part of how we have evolved from thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years where we would have that connection and that understanding to something bigger than us. And it wasn't this, uh, it was probably a more uh, personal thing and something that, you know, worked with you and your community. It wasn't this forced down thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's become that for a long time and we've pushed away, but I think to a disservice to ourselves. And I like what you, you know, the, the advice Lisa gave you and what you took is because I do think now, you know, we don't need to go out and join the next church or religion again and just have someone tell us what to do or how to believe or how to how to feel about God, the universe. I do think now we're in a place where we need to create our own path, our own collection of spirituality to find our uh, way to connect again. And whether that's meditation, yoga, um you know, a witch's circle, <laughs> you know, like it, we've got how many witches in Okotoks now? Right. And, but these, these circles and these connections that, you know, for these, these women in our community and it's big and it's making a difference. It's a new form of spirituality, connection to community. And I think that's the, the process that we're all kind of going through now is we're all trying to find those things that work for us, you know, and call to us kind of pull them together and kind of create something that fits us because you know i know personally myself being raised very staunch mormon kid who got in trouble all the time but that just pushed me away from religion of faith so much and Mm -hmm. you know being a probably a full-blown atheist for about 10 years or close to 10 years and then it's not helping either, you know. It didn't put me in a great place either because then nihilism comes in and all these other things, and you're like, what's the purpose of it all? And I think we need some connection to something greater than us. We need to have something that is purposeful and drives us and gives us a reason to, you know, move ahead and connect with others and be a part of our communities. And, you know, I, I think when we as men leave that, leave the religion or spirituality to the spouse or it's not for me and you just leave it alone and, and you, you get very kind of resentful and lonely and, you know, you're off on your own. And then, yeah, I, you know, I work with people all the time. <laughs> there was times there where I'm just like, Okay, I can't talk to anyone else today. <laughs> I can't be around anyone else today. And right. but that's you know when, and of course anyone can have fatigue, you know, from working and being with people. But that uh, that path that you've walked and now experienced, and you're kind of walking around and finding that that path and pulling together your your thing. It's it's really cool, and I do think, you know. Uh, being that example and, and showing men, hey, there's this, there's this other way to do things, 
and you know it's and it can be your way it can be your path and you can grab those things that call to you you know you don't have to become a yogi and do all these mantras and you know all those things there's parts of it you like great but yeah there's no pressure to become that thing and uh and i think that's some of the fears that guys have is they're just like yeah that's not for me you know and they think they have to do it all and it's just like no find the stuff you like go make your own thing exactly exactly yeah. I, there, there's no you know flip page by page handbook to this thing mm-hmm. right you have to find what resonates with you um there's a lot of people that can help guide you introduce you to people again i've i've done qigong probably five or six times only. I should do it more. I know it's a great practice and I, I intend to. I just I got too much going on right now to add another meditation practice. But mm-hmm. all things being equal and no jokes aside, um, you know, in, in those handful of times that I have done it, it's been with different people every time. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did it did not connect. I just stood there like this is stupid. What am <laughs> I doing here? And and I was I was there. Like I was I was I signed up for the for the session. Like I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. I was interested in learning and doing it and feeling it. Like the description was like amazing, but the energy that that instructor brought into the room for me just didn't work for for me. Mm-hmm. And I did not. I got nothing out of it. And I didn't do it for a few years. Um, you know. And again, give you a little plug when you did the qigong at the uh, Foothills Wellness Retreat here a month ago. Um, Totally different energy, totally different experience, um, made it fun, brought it out of me, got it out of me. Um, and, and again, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I tried meditation, it didn't work for me. And my first question is, well, what style of meditation did you do? Well, I, don't know, I just found something on YouTube. Well, okay, well, that's, <laughs> there's a lot of different there's learning so styles. so many just types. Yeah. Well, well and, and every type can, can have a different way to deliver right yeah it's not just like well you do this and this is it but mindfulness yeah. is only one way no mm-hmm. there's many different ways to do mindfulness meditation yeah. there's many different creative visualizations but if you're not a visual person creative visualization is not going to work on you yeah you're going to lose the whole thing you're going to be lost in a minute you're going to wonder why the hell am i here and but if you are a visual person and you can picture the golden door in the green staircase and you know the beautiful stars or whatever whatever the guide tells you if you can get into that you all that chatter and all that negativity in your head just poof it's it's it, for me i'm very visual and it just it turn it flips a switch on me it's like i'm, I'm now living in a in a movie mm-hmm. i'm no longer living where i was yeah um you know I, I had this really powerful meditation early on where it was um the, I forget what the subject was, but the guide basically, I'm lying on the floor on my mat in, in, the, in, the, in the meditative lying state, palms up, and you're to envision yourself floating outside of yourself, like your spiritual being. So your spiritual self floats up about 10 feet up above you, and you're lying on the floor, and I'm lying there just peaceful, meditating. And then he describes, it was a he in this case, describes... The spiritual being flipping around 180 and looking down at your physical self. Hmm. And then it, it was it was almost like just bizarrely wild. He then said, now look at yourself through your spiritual being's eyes. And what I saw was not what I was experiencing physically. 
what I saw was a, a young boy curled up on the floor crying, desperate, just fucked up. Huh. And when I saw that, like, I, it would, it shocked me. Like, it, it, it stirred me. It, it, like, absolutely right to my soul. I was like, holy fuck. Like, like what's happening to me right now? This is who I really am. Yeah. But I'm putting on this fucking act for everybody in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around with the big, yeah, I'm, I'm tough and I got a smile and I, nothing bothers me bullshit. But in reality, I'm this broken little kid crying and fucked up all day long inside my soul. So again, like that just, it brings such awareness to me as a person that I got work to do guys. Yeah. Like I got to work on myself. And as I peel back each layer of that little onion and I keep going deeper and deeper and I keep looking for more and I keep feeling more and I keep experiencing it, fixing it, air quotes for those that can't see me, (laughs) fixing it. um, It uh, honestly, it just... Like I say, it, it brings me such inner peace and it relaxes me overall. My overall relaxed state is is more so than it ever was. I was always anxious. I was always nervous. I was always scared. Yeah. And now... That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's not perfect. It's not 100%. Yeah. It's not seven days a yeah. week, but it's, uh, it's common. But you're on the path now. Uh, and when things are getting little out of hand you're recognizing you're feeling it and now you have tools to do something about it yeah so never it, it it'll never go back there because now you're you're heading in a different direction and now if when those when you get those feelings you get a little frustrated or things get you know out of that place you recognize it now and now you've got something to do about it that's pretty cool yeah you know? when you start coupling that with journaling Gratitude journals, even uh, one, one of the practices I started through my training was uh, a worry journal. Okay. And you always start, just for everybody's information, you start your worry journal first and you finish with your gratitude journal so that you finish on a positive high note. Uh-huh. You only spend a few minutes a day on your worry journal. Yeah. Spend hours on your gratitude journal. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop. Write books, write, write passages, write whatever you got to do to yeah. feel thankful and appreciative yeah. of your world. But that worry thing, come back and start working on plans to get over those worries. What's within your control? What can you influence? What can you fix? You know, and it's it's crazy, probably not the best choice of words, but it, it is absolutely mind-blowing for me what comes out of my worry journal. Mm-hmm. The stuff I worry from day to day is just like the dumbest stuff. Like I got to polish my shoes. Like, who worries about polishing your shoes? Like, <laughs> no one's looking at my shoes. I'm just, like, frontline manager guy. Like, no one gives a shit what I wear at work. Um, you know, but I'm worried about it. Then I start asking the question, why am I worried about what my shoes look like? Because I'm worried about how people perceive me, what people think of me. Are my shoes good enough for them? Yeah. They're not walking my shoes. What do I care you know, so I start just having this sort of circular yeah. realization and this, this, just this sort of mini epiphanies about all these little moments and all these little, you know, chatter and anxieties and, and worries and they come up and I, I'm just finding that as I practice more and more and more, the worry journal, those little things are not even making the list anymore. Like they're just getting yeah. ignored or, or not even part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something... Something magical about taking those thoughts and putting them on paper. Because 
you know, or saying them out loud because we have all this stuff going and the men are really good at this. Lots of negative self-talk or all that shit in their head, but that they don't talk about it verbally and they don't write it out in a journal. So it all stays in there and it just gets heavier and heavier and more and more <laughs> stuff rattle around in your head. But when you can take that out and you can, you know, connect, you know, conscious, subconscious, write it down, get out of your head. There's something about how it, how your brain then can kind of uh, bring those epiphanies and connect that subconscious to like, oh, well, you know what? I've been thinking about this. <laughs> you may not have consciously, but this is, here's a solution or here's some tools. And that process, you know, whether it's meditation or journaling, it's it's that way to help us clear out that heaviness and those those messed up thoughts. And we do that, especially before bed. And our brain doesn't have to do as much of it while we're sleeping and it can get you know deeper sleep and get in REM much easier than if we just ignore that and just let it build up build up build up in our heads well that's a, I think that's a hugely important part you know another another aspect of, of you know reprogramming yourself if you will and getting yeah. rid of those negative thoughts or those you know those those old habits or you know there's a million different descriptors but um, most if not all of us grew up no matter male, female, it doesn't matter. Our programming was primarily done through speech. What your teacher told you, what your parents told you, what your whoever told you, right? Most of what we learn, especially in our formative years, is all through speech. And some experience, some tactile learning, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But most of us, as we go through life, we're picking up stuff because we're told stuff. We're learning it because we're told stuff. So when you start getting into... Um, telling yourself other stuff that's where you know things like sankalpas and mantras and affirmations and all these kind of little tools that, that everybody kind of like almost kind of puts down and makes fun of are actually very powerful for us mm -hmm. like a mantra meditation is so powerful if if you can focus on it and you can really sit down and do it for even 10 minutes and you can really focus and just get rid of that chatter and really focus on your mantra and your breathing and all of a sudden you know what you do that for a few weeks and that negative talk you had now became something powerful and positive mm -hmm. that you know again it's after 40 or 50 years of teaching myself negative shit, I can't just do a week and then it just magically turns. Like mm -hmm. it's for me, it's going to be a work in progress till the day I die. And I, and I accept that. And I think that that's almost the same for any of us. If we want to grow emotionally and, and be more, more vulnerable and more spiritual as it were. But uh, at least now I'm not neutral. You're moving. Yeah. <laughs> not quickly. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay with that. It's it's different ground every day. So mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's usually getting more beautiful. It's like driving from Manitoba to the, to Calgary. It's yeah. just you're going uphill and you're seeing mountains at the end of the at the end of the. No knock to Manitoba. Lived here for 35 <laughs> years. Uh, beautiful, beautiful province yeah. for what it for the things it offers. Yeah. Um, but like I say, is uh, comparing God's country as they call the yeah. mountains versus the prairies, which. Yeah has its own beauty but not quite the same it's very in in comparison it's very flat and level and predictable and you know and and i think we lived in that place for a long time because that's what our egos want our yeah. egos want to keep us on that little path they want to keep us safe yes 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, the ego will fool you and trick you and try to convince you of all this stuff when really um, not necessarily looking out for your best interests. The ego's happy if, if it's got you work and if it's got your, your nervous system up. It's like, I'm doing my job, I'm doing my job, I'm doing my job. And uh, But really, we're not meant to be at 150% that most of us are living and operating at most of the time. We don't realize that we're, we're way up in high gear all the time. And I tell people this, and they're like, no, I feel really relaxed today. No, that's because you think you're relaxed because you're used to being at... 7 yeah. <laughs> billion percent of what relaxed actually looks like. Yeah. And once you actually learn how to calm your, your nervous system and start tapping into your, your uh, parasympathetic nervous system and, and these other systems, um, you really start realizing what relaxation feels like. Yeah. And for most of us, at least myself and what I've read, is when you go from, you know, I'm 50 now and I started this around 45. So I started seeing some benefits, you know, I started seeing some benefits pretty quickly for myself. But um, when you go from 45 years of high strung, you know, high stress life, thinking that you're normal, um, to all of a sudden now I've learned how to turn that off even for brief periods of time the level of exhaustion that hit me at first when i started learning to get into a relaxed response state was it was overwhelming like to the point where you almost feel sick you know when you get that super overtired feeling and your mm-hmm. stomach's messed up and you feel sore and you just yeah. you almost feel like you have the flu, but yeah. you just you know you just only had two hours of sleep the night before or whatever. Yeah. It's almost like that is how I felt. I was I realized how exhausted I am from living for forty five years at Mach twenty five mm-hmm. when really I should have been relaxed the whole time, but. They didn't do better when you know better. Yeah. So, you know, and, and every day I learn a little bit something new. That's awesome. So is there a future where you are teaching a session at the Foothills Wellness Retreat? You've been talking to Lisa. No, I haven't. <laughs> but I'm thinking, well, yeah, when is that going to happen? Uh, well, Lisa asked me if I would possibly do even just a presentation on the benefits of, of meditation. Um as as still a very much a student, I'm I'm working on my confidence in that space. So yeah. I'll just be very open with everybody. Um, I'm definitely drawn towards it because I want to give the gift back. Yeah. And um, but I'm as still a student learning about a lot of things, and you know I want to make sure that all the little bits and pieces are connected logically and properly mm. that uh, I don't absolutely take somebody on a crash course to disaster (laughs) uh well the reality is is there's a lot of safe meditation practices and there's a lot more that delve into more of a metaphysical type states and um i just want to be careful when i'm messing around with people's metaphysical states (laughs) that um that i don't put them into a bad place yeah i look forward to whenever that is and i hope you have a let us all know, because I definitely want to be there. I would love to have you there, grilling me with question after question. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy it, and 
receive yeah. whatever you give me. I, I, I really <laughs> think I really think some education on it so people understand what it is and what it's not. Yeah. And what, what the, not just the benefits, but all the different styles. Because mm-hmm. there is, for everybody that's going to hear this, there is a meditation style that will work for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's the more active ones. There's, and you know, more internal ones. Yeah. Probably the most important point I want to give to anybody practicing or interested in practicing meditation is whatever works for you, do it consistently. Do it every yeah. day, roughly the same time if you can. It's morning after work, before bed. It doesn't matter. It depends on what you're trying to treat a little bit. But at the same time, keep it consistent and you will see huge benefits. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for coming in tonight and sharing that story. I hadn't heard all of it. Or, you know, Lisa had dropped me a few things. Oh, yeah, I had this. But she never went into detail. So I was really excited to hear all about it. Thank you. And, uh, you know. If there's uh, any guys out listening to this, or your wife made you listen, um, we're gonna we're working on it. We're gonna find uh, you know a time and a place um, so guys can get together and talk about wellness and learn some stuff, you know. Um, and you know, I'm the Qigong class you talked about. Um, I have updated and changed that one a bit. And right now I'm in the talks with a couple studios in town to teach it. And uh, I'm calling it Primal Qigong. And so the music all through it is like Celtic and Nordic drums and chant and, you know, stuff. And it's it's a very hard Qigong style. Not difficult to do, but it's just a like tense breath in and out. So it's not the relaxed, calming Qigong. This is a very active very um masculine energy you know uh almost like a oh it's kind of like a i don't want <laughs> i don't want to scare everyone off with the word like ritual but it's this idea of you know getting that all together and so uh and giving you that opportunity to just you know feel that energy of the ancestors through your bones of the you know the drum and the words and all of that and just feeling it move through you and kind of feel a part of it and i think that kind of style um i think men will like that i think they'll just just get that very young energy going and let it out and you know set them up to then be ready you know for more of a uh internal you know, uh, meditation practice after something like that. So I'm really excited to I can't to, to, try. to get that out there. Um, but yeah, again, thank you so much. No, um, you. you know, I really appreciate both you and Lisa, this whole experience with the Foothills Wellness Retreat. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm just excited to be part of this big community. And I appreciate your time this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Jared.